السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلق وخليله تركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك ولا ينتظم في سلكها إلا سالك اللهم صلي وسلم وأنعم وأكرم وبارك على حبيبنا وشفيعنا وقرة عيوننا 
سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه في الأولين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه في الآخرين اللهم صل وسلم وأنعم وأكرم وبارك عليه في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين يقول عز من قائل يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون اللهم اجعلنا منهم يا رب العالمين أوصي نفسي وإياكم بتقوى الله وبلزوم طاعته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار على الوجه الذي in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, to whom we belong and to whom we shall return. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite grace and boundless mercy to send an abundance of prayers and peace upon our most beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us on this blessed day of Jumu'ah, to elevate our collective ranks, to forgive our sins and our shortcomings. Ya Rabbi, we ask you to bless for us this month of Sha'ban and to bring us and deliver us beautifully to the month of Ramadan. Ya Rabbi, Ya Kareem, we ask you to make us a people of Noor. Grant us the light of the day of Jumu'ah. Grant us the light of Surah Al-Kahf. Grant us the elevation of ranks in this blessed day, Ya Rabbi Al-Alameen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, to make us a people of taqwa. A people who love you, who fear you, who are in awe of you, and who are always thinking about you. Ya Allah, make us of those who are your true servants, who you love to gaze upon, and you look upon them with an eye of mercy and acceptance. Ya Rabbi, we ask you to accept us as your servants. And we ask you to bless our brothers and sisters all across the world, and in particular our brothers and sisters in Palestine, our brothers and sisters in Gaza, who are going through such agonizing hardship. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lift this burden from upon them. May he bring them so much peace, ease, safety, and security, and wellness. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do away with the tyranny and the oppression that causes so much terror and evil on this earth. Allahumma ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Brothers and sisters, Subhanallah, you know, as we've been watching these images coming out of Rafah, and you saw, many of us probably saw the image of the girl who was dangling after having been brutalized and murdered. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept her, and may she be a dhukhr for her family, ya Rabbil Alameen. I was, uh, the ayah that I'm sure comes to everyone's mind at that point is, وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ and when the Mauda, the innocent girl who was buried alive, asks, by which, by which sin was I killed? And subhanAllah, when you think about that, you know, it's a, it's a type of reproach from the divine to us, those who remain. This innocent girl, of course she has passed. And we know, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, that she's in a blessed rank right now. Inda rabbiha. تُرزَق بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى That's what we know from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ But by which sin, by which evil, did this, these innocent children, by which, innocent, by which evil or, or sin are these innocent children being killed? And that's something to think about. وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ Why? Why would an innocent child like this be killed? And subhanAllah, this makes me think about so much of the moral bankruptcy that we're seeing today in the world. We see the failure of leadership from east to west. We see the failure of the leadership of our own country here in the United States. And we see the failure of leadership across the Muslim world. You just see the failure of leadership to protect the innocent. When you think of Sayyiduna Umar, and he would be unsettled when he was 
when he was the ruler, he would be unsettled by the idea of a donkey missed, taking a misstep or tripping over uh, you know, an unpaved road. And he would, so, he would agonize over the idea that maybe he wasn't caring for the roads of, his, of what he ruled over in a way that maybe an animal would trip up and hurt its foot. An animal. What about the world, the leadership of the world, watching those who actually possess power, watching day in and day out of what is happening to our brothers and sisters in Palestine, what is happening to these innocent girls and boys and children of Gaza, and no one's moving an inch. No one's moving a centimeter. Quite the contrary. You see complicitness. You see a continuation of the funding. This, this can really you know, make someone pause significantly and ask, why is this our reality? Why is this the case? And of course, we can sit here and we can lament and we can be sad and we can be broken and we can feel helpless or hopeless. And that's a nature within the human condition. But for a believer, this is not a time to in any way, shape or form enter into a state that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because as believers, we do not enter into despair. Only those who reject and who are oblivious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would enter into a state of despair. As believers, we have hope and we have optimism because our trust lies purely in who? Allah jalla fi We only turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We only trust and rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We only have thiqah billah. The human beings, you can't have thiqah with human beings. You can't put your trust in human beings. You can't put your trust in leadership to do what's right. You just can't. Because you see the failure. You see the failure. It's apparent. This is, this is an aberration beyond measure. We're watching, we're witnessing one of, if not the most evil travesty of the modern world, transpire in front of our own eyes. And no one in the realm of leadership is moving in any productive or constructive way to put an end to this. So for us, we have to come to terms with what, is, what does Allah expect of me in a moment like this? Because there's another part of the narrative where people will say the following. Well, you know, Allah sees everything. Allah knows everything. Allah's going to take care of everything. Al-Nasru Qareeb, victory is near. And so we just continue to sit down and watch. So either my disposition is one of despair, and I lose hope, and I sit there, and I watch, and I'm in despair. Or I have a hopefulness of success and the coming of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will, but I'm also sitting down and watching and waiting. Can I ask you a question? Is that the disposition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us? To be sedentary? To be waiting? To be watching? To be hoping or not hoping? Of course, from a spiritual dimension, we have hope. We have thiqa. We have ta'alluq billah. That's haqiqatan. But in our horizontal realm, in how we exist day to day, Allah has expectations of us in terms of how we are upright and what we're doing with our time. We cannot sit here and just have a false hope that something is going to transpire just because I want it to happen or I wish it to happen. 
That's not how Allah expects us to live on this earth. He expects us to be in a state of action. Stand up. You have to be in motion. You can't remain sedentary. And subhanAllah, this month of Sha'ban, it's, there's, there's a beautiful ayah, there's a beautiful sign that I think speaks to this truth of not being sedentary, not being motionless, but being upright and in action, in a state of motion. Prophet ﷺ, Sayyidah Aisha says that she would see him fasting in the month of Sha'ban in a way that she would not see him fasting in any other month, except of course Ramadan. So when she asked him about it, she said, you know, Ya Rasulullah, why do you fast so much in the month of Sha'ban, the month that we're in right now? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, ذَلِكَ شَهْرٌ يَغْفُلُ عَنْهُ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ This is a month where many people are ignorant or oblivious of it. بَيْنَ Rajab wa Ramadan. It is between the, 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 the sacred month of Rajab and of course the blessed and illuminated ninth month of Ramadan. Because what happens is in the month of Sha'ban, people come into like almost a holding pattern. You know like you're in the, uh, in the airport waiting for your flight, just sitting in the, at the gate. The way people treat the month of Sha'ban is like we're sitting in the gate waiting for the takeoff of the month of Ramadan. So the Prophet ﷺ tells Sayyidah Aisha, no, I actually specify this month and I identify it with worship, with proactive worship, and I'm engaging in the act of the fast so much so because that's almost, we think, you know, it's an act that is unique to Ramadan or it's special for Ramadan. But here the Prophet ﷺ fasts almost the entire month of Sha'ban to indicate that our nature as servants of Allah, and the way of Al-Habib is to never remain sedentary. It is to never exist within a holding pattern, just waiting for things to magically happen. That's not how you exist with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is an expectation that you're upright, and that you're worshipping, and that you're serving. So he says, especially this month, because this is a month where many people are oblivious. So many people are not really thinking about the month of Sha'ban. Everyone's just, their eye is on the prize of Ramadan. And so this is also, this, from this hadith you take, from al-Hadi al-Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is takhsis awqat al-ghafla bil-ibadah. It is that you signify and identify the times of ghafla, the times of heedlessness, with worship. That's why when you enter into the marketplace and you make the dhikr of the marketplace, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulku lahu al-hamd, and you finish it off, you receive remarkable rewards. You're elevated endless ranks. You're, you're given much forgiveness. There's so much reward for making the dua of the marketplace. When the ulama ask, you know, when they synthesize why that's the case, they say because when you're in the market, who's thinking of Allah? When you're at the mall, or you're in the, when you're in a Target or wherever you are, are you thinking about Allah or are you thinking about what you're buying? You're thinking about what you're buying, you're selling what you're going to have, what you could have. Oh my God, I can have this. Very few people in the mall or in the marketplace are thinking of Allah. But those who remember Allah in that moment, their rank is elevated profoundly. And so imagine, brothers and sisters, if in this age, in this day and age, the one that we're living in right now, when we do see a lot of heedlessness, a lot of neglect, a lot of forgetfulness, 
people not making an i'tibar lillah, the rights of Allah on this earth, people not really factoring in what does Allah want of, with His creation, what does Allah want with this earth of ours. We have a sacred tradition that tells us if you kill one innocent soul, it's as if you've killed all of humanity. That is our sacred tradition. That is from the Qur'an, the divine revelation. We have a sacred tradition that's profound and beautiful. And Islam, as a preserved inheritance, teaches us how to be the most elect form of humanness on this earth. How to really care about humanity. How to really care about creation. How to really care about plants and animals. How to be a Bani Adam. How to be a human being. That's what we have. And so yes, perhaps maybe there's a lot of heedlessness in the world that we're in. But let's not be forgetful. If we see this level of the death of innocence and how rampant it has become to, to, to cause so much hardship and pain, then the Muslims say, that's not our way. We're going to revive our tradition and our spirit. We're going to be present and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to worship Allah by turning to His book, reading His Qur'an, developing a relationship with His divine revelation. In this time of heedlessness, I'm going to go back and connect to His chosen one, Al-Habib, Al-Mustafa, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the walking manifestation of divine revelation on this earth. I'm going to have a relationship. I'm going to know about my prophet. I'm going to follow in his footsteps. I'm going to see what a true leader looks like. See all these leaders across the world. Well, let's go to the guidance of Al-Habib and to see what, what it means to be a moral leader on this earth. Because you have to ask yourself, why do you and I assume that we're moral leaders? If our natural disposition is sedentary and motionless, and we're just kind of scratching our beards why do you think that you and I possess any type of moral leadership? Do we really look in the sight of Allah as servants who are deserving of leadership? That's a question, that's a rhetorical question to be asked. I'm not saying yes or no, I'm just saying that's a question that I have to pose myself. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choose me and use me for His cause? Am I worth it? Am I worthy of it? What's my relationship? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fara'id, his five daily prayers. What's my relationship to Salatul Sunnah? Am I someone who's keen on waking up and praying the prayer of Witr in the latter part of the night or before I sleep? Am I keen on doing my adhkar, my, my tasbih after salah? These are, you know, you can overlook these things because they don't seem as significant in the world that we're living in today. But the Prophet ﷺ, who was the one who dealt and he was carrying the burden of all of creation on his shoulders, he would sit down, he would fast, he would pray, he would pray his sunnah, he would pray long into the night, he would make his dhikr ﷺ. If it was that frivolous and meaningless, why is it that this is the diet of the believer? If there's something you and I are supposed to be doing every single day without fail, and we're supposed to be doing it by night and by day. All throughout, it's these things. It's reading the Qur'an. It's making dhikr. It's praying our fara'id. It's praying our sunnah. It's doing our wird of istighfar and salawat and tahleel. Saying astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi at least a hundred times a day. Saying la ilaha illallah at least a hundred times a day. 
saying Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad at least a hundred times a day. If we want to possess any semblance of moral leadership, then it begins here. And so when you hear that Allah says, in Allah la yughayiru ma bi qawmin hatta yughayiru ma bi anfusihim, you can't just hear that as some trope. Yeah, Allah doesn't change the condition until they change themselves. Well, let me ask you a question, honestly and sincerely. Over the past few months, with everything that's been happening, how many of us have sincerely strived to change who we are as individuals, our day-to-day -day routines? Am I still addicted to the same stuff that I'm addicted to on the internet? Am I still defaulting to going onto these sites and going onto like just you know, blindly and mindlessly going onto TikTok and Instagram and just looking at filth and images and, and just dunya, dunya, consumption, consumption. And then even watching what's happening in Gaza, like a spectator, you know, just watching, like you're watching a sport. Oh, there's another thing. Okay, let me move on to uh, kittens playing with toys or something. Like, what, what have I done to change my routine, to change my habits, to change my connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this month of Sha'ban, its sir, its secret, lies in a number of things. From the most principal secrets of this month is that it teaches us, hey, when everyone is forgetful, when everyone is mindless, I'm not. If the hour comes and literally the world is coming to an end, I have the thoughtfulness and the intentionality and the presence of mind to plant the seedling. Because you have to ask yourself, you know, ask yourself, if the hour comes, you know, you know this famous hadith, what kind of person is going to be able in that moment to actually plant a seed? Because you know, the majority of people, they're going to be caught up in a frenzy. Oh my God, it's the end of hour. They're going to get caught up in the chaos, the destruction, the this, the that, the world is ending. And so... Most people are going to be flailing, you know, fledgling and flailing their arms and running around. It's only the believer who has tu'ada, who has calm, assert, a calm and assertive disposition, will say, oh, this is the end of times. Bismillah. I will plant this seed. You understand the disposition you have to have. And so you look around and you can, you can, we can sit here and analyzing what's happening politically, internationally, in the solar systems. You, we can do that all night and day. But if I'm not standing up in a calm and assertive way and saying Allahu Akbar before Salatul, you know, before Salatul Jum'ah. And then we finish Salatul Jum'ah and then I'm paused and I sit down and I do my afkar calmly because I have one focus, Allah. This is the hajj of Al-Habib Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 33, 33, 33. And then I stand up and I pray two raka'at. And then, this, uh, then I go... <laughs> Then I motion, go back to work, go back wherever I'm going. But I have my focus. And my focus necessitates that I'm in a state of action. Because the Prophet ﷺ also said about the month of Sha'ban. He said the month of Sha'ban is the month This is the month when the actions are lifted. The actions are lifted. The what? The actions are lifted. Not the hopes, not the thoughts, not the feelings, not the ideas, not the analysis, the actions. You understand that? That means the yearly accounting of what I have done, fi sabilillah, will be presented to Allah in this month. So Prophet says, فَأُحِبُّ أَنْ يُرْفَى عَمَلِي وَأَنَا 
Sa'im. I love that my actions are my actions are lifted while I am in action, while I'm fasting, while I'm doing a righteous act, and especially the fast, because the Prophet in the Hadith Qudsi where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Asawmuli wa ana ajzibih. Fasting is mine, and I reward for it. Meaning that there's a, there's a sir, there's a sanctity to the fast because it is truly the one worship where only Allah knows if you're fasting or not. We can deceive everyone around us, but we can't deceive Allah. So it is really something so sacred because it's a secret between you and Allah. Only Allah and I really know that I'm fasting. And so the Prophet is teaching us that Allah wants to see us in a proactive state. Think of your own children today. If you want to rely upon someone from your children to do something for you, we all have different types of children. Is it going to be the child who sits there doing nothing all day and you know is a lazy bum? Are you going to go to them and say, please take care of this? Or are you going to go to your child who is proactive, who is in motion, who takes care of business, who knows how to resolve things, and you say, listen, I know you have a lot going on, but take this. Take care of it. Because you know with certainty this son of yours or this daughter of yours is going to take care of it. وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yastafi min nas Who does he choose? Who is he going to choose from us? To be beacons of light. The people of Gaza, those innocent children, those mothers, fathers, grandparents, all of them, they've been chosen by Allah. And what they, what Allah has chosen for them and the impact that they're having on the world, and the thousands of people who are flocking to Islam, who are reading the Qur'an, who are being inspired by the fact that there is a group of human beings in that 25-mile stretch of land who just think and operate differently. They have resolve, they have strength, they have patience, they have perseverance. There's something... So Allah chose those people. Because we could not handle what the people of Gaza are going through. We could not actually handle it. Because we were not conditioned the way the people of Gaza have been conditioned. You watch these little kids, subhanAllah, talk, and you see them, five, six, seven, eight years old, talking, they talk like they're 20 and 30 year olds. The way they can quote ayat, the way they can speak, the way they can speak with siqa and calm. Little girls who are still fumbling their words, but they speak with a thiqa billah, what kind of kids speak this way except that they've, they've been raised and they've gone through it and Allah has put them through it. So you and I who are living in rafahiyah, those of you and I who are living in comfort, alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our comfort. No one's saying comfort is a bad thing. But when you have it, then you have to discomfort yourself by, willing, by your willingness to sacrifice your routines, your habits, your time, fi sabilillah. I'm no longer going to be so lazy where I can't wake up for Salatul Fajr. It just, it can't happen anymore. Really, it just, it's unacceptable. It does not, if you and I are conscious and present in this modern world, I can't be so lazy, so accustomed, so inclined to comfort and personal gratification that I'm not going to get up for Salatul Fajr. You have to reject that notion. There has to be, you have to, you have to stand up. That's why the Prophet was told, Ya Yuhal Muzammil, Ya Yuhal Mudathir, Qum, stand up. 
No matter what thoughts you have in your mind that tell you to not pray sunnah. I said this in the khutbah last week and I'll repeat it here. Ask yourself, how many sunan, how many sunnah prayers we're supposed to pray at least 12 after our faraid, correct? At least. How many sunnah prayers have we neglected over the years? How many dhikr of salah have we neglected over the years? So which a'mal are being lifted to Allah? Which ones? You tell me. Ask yourself. This month, as the actions are being lifted, as you're driving home right now, or you're going back to work, ask yourself, wait, how many actions do I have being lifted? On the day of judgment, where I could have had hundreds of thousands of sunan prayed, and I have like a couple of hundred. And you see people walking, and the people of Gaza walking in front of you, and they have hundreds of thousands of sunan, millions. How many adhkar could I, could I have done? How many subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wallahu akbar could I have done, but I just thoughtlessly... Because I didn't exist with intentionality. I just thoughtlessly neglected it. I said, you know what? I got to get back to my phone. I got to get back to the show I was watching. I got to get back to, my, to, 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 to getting on whatever, just to, to, to do this. To do nothing, literally. It's, I'm not going to make dhikr. I'm not going to do these a'mal that are so beloved to Allah so I can do this. May Allah forgive us. It's thoughtlessness. It's not that we're bad people, by the way. I'm not here to beat us up. I'm just saying, let's stop being thoughtless. This month of Shaban must teach us intentionality, presence. Al-mu'minu ibn waqtihi. The believer is the child of their moment. There is ibadatul waqt. As our fuqaha would say, there are the worships that must be done in the moment. There's nothing more precious right now than what you're doing, sitting down listening to the khutbah. But don't make it be that the only reason you're sitting here is because of fard. Like fard in the sense of like, if I don't do it, I'm going to be punished. No, be here beautifully in loving surrender. Ya Rabbi, I'm so happy to be here in Jummah. And after salah, I'm not going to rush anywhere. Subhanallah, I'm going to do my dhikr and I'm going to pray my two rakaat. I'm going to say salam to my brothers and sisters, hug them, and then I'm going to go off with in my life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people of intentionality. A people who have presence of mind. A people who Allah deems as worthy to be chosen for His cause. May Allah make us upright and in motion. always. Do, and Allah will see your actions. May, may Allah make us a people of action. Not a people who are sedentary. Not a people who are helpless or have false hope. But a people who are always, we're grinding the gears. May Allah make us from them. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد Brothers and sisters in this month inshallah maybe in the coming khutub I'm sure we'll speak about it but also is the 15th of Sha'ban and I won't elaborate much because of time but this is a night of when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gazes in Allah al-khalq. He gazes upon the creation and He forgives. He forgives all of the sins except for two categories of people. Illa li mushrik aw mushahin. Except for those who associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and those who are in Shahna, those who are in ayer and, and, and fighting with their brothers and sisters. Whether it's their, their siblings, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, or community members. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gazes upon his creation and he excludes from that forgiveness those two categories of people. And so there is a jard, there is a jard hisabat We have to now do the accounting that says, well, how much shirk do I have in my heart? Really, how often do I associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And I'm not talking about a shirkul a'zam in the sense of like idol worship. I'm talking about this, even the, the minor forms of shirk where I prefer things over Allah. I prefer my desires. I prefer my desires over Allah. I prefer my comfort over Allah. I prefer my phone over Allah. Whatever it is, I have to take into account what do I put on par with Allah that detracts from my connection to Allah? And secondly, there's a real need to cleanse the heart and the spaces of our homes and our community from hatred and enmity to our brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really dislikes to see his servants in enmity, hating each other, having shahna. So whatever it is that you and I have in our hearts and minds that makes us have so much ire and so much anger and so much hatred for our own family members or community members, if we want to be blessed in this month and we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to gaze upon us and gift us that forgiveness, then we have to cleanse the hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove from our hearts all the hatred, all the anger. May we have prophetic Muhammadan hearts full of rahmah, full of mercy and love and compassion. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed day of Jummah to forgive our sins and our shortcomings, to bless our Sha'ban, to make us a people of amal and jid. And the people of Muthabara, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people of sabr, a people who are inwardly in submission and outwardly in submission. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and bless our brothers and sisters across the world, our brothers and sisters in Sudan, our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, our brothers and sisters in the Caucasus, our brothers and sisters in the subcontinent, our brothers and sisters in India who are experiencing so much hardship, our brothers and sisters in Palestine, everywhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lift their burdens. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us for His blessed causes. Ya Rab, and may He choose us. May he deem us worthy of, a, of the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna Allah ya'muru bil'adli wal-ihsani wa ita'i dhil-qurba wa yanha anil fahshai wal-munkari wal-baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tathakkarun ladhikru Allahi akbar wallahu ya'lamu ma tasna'un aqimu s-salaam. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasul Allah, Hayala Salati, Hayala Falah, Kadakamati Salat, Kadakamati Salah, Allah, Wakbar, Allah, Wakbar, La Ilaha We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our salah, salatul jumu'ah, and to make this salah a witness for us on the day of judgment. Allahumma ameen. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawm, Al-Deen. 
إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله